Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about today's pro-life movement and we're going to be talking about the upcoming March for Life in Washington, D.C., the annual March for Life. And uh, as tens of thousands will be coming to our nation's capital and will be walking down Pennsylvania Avenue up towards the Supreme Court and the U.S. Capitol building and marching for life. Uh, with me on the phone is our good friend. Uh, he is the uh, director of Created Equal, a pro-life advocacy organization that works the streets uh, in front of abortion clinics and college universities, telling the story of abortion, what it actually is, with imagery of very graphic photos. And uh, he has himself a youth movement of the young people that go and engage with people in their own age bracket on the issue of abortion changing the hearts and minds of young people one decision at a time for life. We're going to be talking about the March for Life, but we're also going to give you an update of what happened at the March for Life last year. And many of you remember the Covington Catholic High School kids from Covington, Kentucky. And as they were waiting for the bus on the Lincoln Memorial steps after the march, they were uh, confronted by a radical uh, group, the Black Hebrew Nationals, and also uh, other protesters, uh, counter-protesters of the uh, pro-life march, confronted the students from Covington Catholic High School, and then a firestorm broke out, as indeed uh, the uh, media basically sided with the counter-protesters making and putting the kids in a very bad light. Uh, we're going to go to a Fox News clip of, um, uh, well, actually, let's uh, go to the press conference that we held in Cincinnati in the aftermath of that because the school and the students received a lot of hate threats that came in from across the country because of what the media did. Well, then we're going to find out what happened with the lawsuit. Let's go to that clip of that press conference last year in January. Good morning. My name is Chris Long. I'm the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance and also Christian Alliance of America. And today we are here in Cincinnati to stand in defense and support of the Covington Catholic High School students who have become the target of a hate campaign since their attendance at the March for Life uh, just a week ago. We are here today because we are standing with the students uh, in the face of this uh, torrent of a hate campaign against them and their school. The serious threats that were levied against the students and their school has caused the school to close. It's called athletic programs to be suspended. Uh, we understand just by a report that one family had to leave their home because they were doxxed. There were crimes that were committed against these young people who were simply at the March for Life to participate in a civic uh, practice of the March for Life. They were waiting for the bus at the Lincoln Memorial and then began to have this hate campaign levied against them. Let's understand something. These are minors. These are youth. And uh, this is really ridiculous when we're talking about what has become of this situation. And as Christians and their civil liberties are under assault. So we are today calling for the FBI and the Justice Department to investigate the very serious threats that were levied against the students and the Christian school. 
And so today with me is Meg Whitman of Cincinnati Right to Life, also Mark Harrington of Created Equal, a number of pro-life, pro-family groups, and uh, religious advocacy organizations have signed on to this letter that today was received by the Justice Department in Washington, D.C., the field office here in Cincinnati, and also the field office in Kentucky. And we're going to meet with FBI officials a little later this morning to discuss the details of these threats and how they plan on pursuing the investigation. I'm going to turn it over to Mark Harrington. And that uh, was our press conference last year at Fountain Square in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to talk to you about what happened in response to our appeal to the FBI and the local prosecutor's office in Covington, Kentucky. We got an update from him today, Mr. Rob Sanders, the prosecutor of Covington, Kentucky. Uh, But also there was breaking news as a lawsuit was settled out of court. Uh, CNN settled out uh, with uh, Nick Salmon's family. Uh, We are not disclosed the amount of money, but we believe it's significant but let's remember the kind of threats that came in against these kids here's a uh, disney executive on his twitter account says mega hat uh, kids go screaming head first into the wood shepherd others uh, on twitter calling for the school to be burnt down with the kids in it i can't even read to you some of the heinous things that were said against the christian school and the christian students at that time uh, and all of this because the media basically fomented the hatred towards these students. Let's now go to a Fox News report of the breaking news uh, that occurred this last week concerning the lawsuit uh, by Nick Sandman's family. Looks like Covington High School student Nick Sandman has scored a legal win after being smeared by the media. CNN has settled a $250 million defamation suit Sandman filed. It's over a confrontation with the Native American man that made the teenager look like the aggressor. Here, a look back at just some of the media coverage. Some students harassing an older Native American man, a Vietnam vet, in the midst of a special ceremony. It does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet. This face-to-face confrontation igniting charges of racism. The kid, Nick Sandman, he doesn't seem to be afraid, but he did make a choice, and that was to make it into a standoff. That was not a good choice. And that was some of the media coverage, and it even gets worse than in the print media, basically ridiculing the students who were basically waiting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, uh, taking photographs and waiting for the bus to arrive to go back home to Covington, Kentucky, after the March for Life. And the Black Hebrew National Group that was hurling insults and racial slurs towards the kids... Uh, we, we know more about the Black Hebrew National Group, don't we? Because they've been involved in terroristic uh, acts uh, since then. So uh, there's been a lesson learned here all the way around. And if you look at CNN, this time it's going to hit their pocketbook. And uh, the attorneys for Nick Sam and his family aren't done. Here to talk more about it and the upcoming March for Life and the pro-life movement today is Mark Harrington, president of Created Equal. Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Chris. Well, thank you, my friend, and, uh, you know, it, I am proud to be partnered with you in the cause for life all these many years, and, uh, of course, the work that you and the group have done to turn the hearts and minds of young people one decision at a time and on your videos to see literally the visible change in people's, uh, first of all, arguing with you, but then seeing the pictures and then realizing their hearts melting, realizing what's actually happening in the murder of the innocent in the womb. Your thoughts? Well, that's right, uh, Chris. You know, we're returning back to uh, Washington, actually, on Saturday. <clears throat> there will be another women's march. 
which is really just an anti-Trump march. And if you recall last year, the March for Life uh, was happening uh, at the same time the Women's March was happening, and we were protesting the Women's March. And if you think the treatment of uh, of uh, Nick Sandman was bad, <laughs> you should have seen how our people were treated at the Women's March. Of course, that's politically incorrect. That video isn't going to make it up on CNN. But CNN, you know, had an axe to grind against Trump, and it's good to see that uh, justice is being served here, and Nick Sandman and his family are going to get some kind of compensation for what they've been put through. That's right, and our press conference actually had bearing down there in Fountain Square in Cincinnati, uh, right across the river from Covington, Kentucky, a week after uh, all of the um, foment on the media, and we were advocating uh, to the um, FBI, the Justice Department, and local law enforcement to investigate the very serious threats that came into the school, and as we talked about, the school had had to close down, there was uh, security issues, they had bomb threats. And so uh, what we've learned from our action of appealing to the FBI and to uh, law enforcement, it did cause the threats against the school to literally fall off and literally uh, come to kneel. Uh, in fact, what I, I received a report today from Mr. Rob Sanders and said, after that media report and the prosecution, threat of prosecution, the threats really diminished against the students, against the school. And I know that that was our intent. Our intent was to put a buffer between us and them, that these young Christian students shouldn't be facing this kind of hatred. We can't tolerate that in this country. We're not going to tolerate anti-Semitism, and we're gonna, not going to tolerate uh, anti-Christian bigotry uh, towards uh, Christians in this country, and so and pro-lifers. And that's what we were doing. And I want to thank you for standing with me along with Meg Whitman, uh, director of Cincinnati Right to Life. And at the time, we didn't know what kind of impact we were having. We did receive a letter back from the Justice Department. I want to thank all the various organizations that signed the letter with us not just here in Ohio, but also nationally, that signed the letter to the Justice Department. And uh, it had an impact. And uh, the, I'll give you an update of what uh, Rob Sanders, the county prosecutor, said of pursuing some of the cases. But your thoughts along those lines? Well, the wheel, wheels of justice turn slowly, uh, but they do turn. And we still are a nation of laws. And thank God that uh, Nick Sandman's gotten justice. You know, it reminds me of Greta Thornburg, of course. We all remember her coming on the national scene or international scene in her advocacy against so-called climate change. In fact, she got the front cover of Time magazine. That's how they treated her. Uh, and when anyone would dare to criticize her publicly, these same people, CNN, all the other fake news outlets, would say, well, she's off limits. You, you can't criticize a young person uh, publicly. Uh, and you, here's the thing. You, can't, you just can't have it both ways. <laughs> you know, I think children, young people should be given deference. I don't think we should... Uh, treat them as we might treat an adult when it comes to political positions. That's that right. Thing. That's right. It's true. But let's be let's be fair about it. Uh, Greta Thunberg was given you know a platform, and no one was uh, allowed to criticize her. And just think about the Trump children. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. Think about Aaron and the way he's been treated. It's just we understand that there's a double standard. We get that. We understand that's how the game is played. But it's nice to see 
that every once in a while, uh, you know, justice is served, and uh, these fake news outlets like CNN and the others that rush to judgment because they had a preordained narrative are getting their due. Uh, and this hopefully will lead them to be a little more cautious next time they rush to judgment in, in running a story that had no merit. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, we run to the defense of the advocate and, uh, you know, for the defenseless. And in this, this instance, it was a group of high school students. And we're so glad that the school was able to get back to normal life. And uh, we wrote a letter to the principal and to the uh, school officials to that effect, that we hope that uh, things would return to normal. And thankfully, they did. And I do believe that our press conference and calling in the Justice Department, the FBI, and others to investigate did put a chill in the air of those who were so brazen, who thought that they could hurl these kinds of really dangerous rhetoric against these Christian students. You know, evil only prevails when good men do nothing. And I'm so proud to have stood with you and with Meg. And of course, it was a very cold day, if you remember that. We, we were. It was great to see the media that was just absolutely frozen, okay? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Well, It was well worth the time, Chris, and I'm glad to see it happening. I'm glad to see that they haven't even stopped, that they've gotten, now CNN's going to settle out of court, but they're not done. I mean, they're going after the Washington Post and anyone else that slandered this young man, and I hope they they win those lawsuits as well. Amen. Amen to that. And, you know, so that's why we do what we do. Obviously, you know, we're not part of that uh, lawsuit and all that. We're not going to, you know, uh, be see any financial uh, compensation whatsoever. Our purpose is about the principle uh, of what we do. And you and uh, your advocacy for the unborn, what we do is a Christian organization assisting pro-life organizations and advocating for uh, Christian and religious liberty. That's what we do. And, uh, the Lord provides, you know, through the small donations that come in, uh, you know, and the donations that come in from people from across the state and region, and that's how we uh, keep it going. And so, uh, folks, once you support the pro-life cause, uh, send a check to Created Equal, what they're doing. Uh, support the Ohio Christian Alliance and what we're doing. And we have a big election year that's upon us. And so, uh, you know, really, the $10, the $20 that you send in, that's how we keep it going. And uh, we we uh, really uh, appreciate uh, those dollars you know we you know those uh, small gifts that come in shows that someone cares uh, they're thinking about us and uh, they're saying hey uh, keep going keep keep doing the work and it's it's a way of encouragement so uh, thank you for doing that uh, we'll give you an opportunity to that Chris here's the thing you and I sat back and, and were dumbfounded that the March for life took almost three weeks to come to the side of Nick salmon yes I love the March for Life. I know the leadership there. But they didn't stand with Nick, uh, even though everyone knew the truth about this story. But you did. You did. And that's what matters. People that are willing to put their name, their reputation, their organization on the line to defend free speech and defend children and their rights to, to speak. And so... Uh, I appreciate what you guys did. I was happy to stand with you, and I hope the March for Life learned their lesson. They need to defend the people that come to the march. They mm. need to defend the young people, which, by the, way, by the way, there are hundreds of thousands of them that come every single year in Washington. They need to stand behind them, or they won't have a march much longer if they don't. 
Well, that's right, and that's what our concern was. So one of the things that you've reported on this program over the last few years is the youth movement in the pro-life movement, that there's optimism about the future. I mean, uh, the, negati- you know, the negative factor is they're still killing children in the state of Ohio, folks. Abortion is still taking place in this state. Children will die today from abortion. And uh, it's a very real, you know, we call them abortuaries because no one comes out alive uh, that goes in in the womb. And, uh, you know, that's why we need to shine a light on this great evil of our age, uh, that every child be wanted, uh, that we become a pro-life culture again. How do we turn that around? Well, uh, we do that by educating young people, and that's what the March for Life is. It's a way to bring tens of thousands of young people. And, Mark, I remember you sharing a few years ago that, you know, some of the older liberals were looking at the buses and all these young people pouring off these buses from all over the country. And they said, look how young they are. And they knew that that was a youth movement in the pro-life cause. And so, you know, the left took notice of that. So what did they do? They fabricate this whole thing about global warming or climate change and the world is coming to an end. And they put this, this fear and this dread in these, in these kids' minds that the, the planet is going to come to an end. You know, it was George Carlin. We don't endorse, obviously, his profanity and the things he would say he's passed on now. But he was talking about, are you kidding me? You know, this old uh, planet has been around a lot longer, and it will outlast all of us. And, you know, so just logic is is that, you know, that's ridiculous. And yet they've got these kids scared out of their wits, and in 12 years' time, we're all going to come to—it's all going to come to an end. And uh, that's how they try to captivate the young people. We've been trying to captivate the people about, you know, family, life, marriage— um, you know, rearing children and having children is such a blessing. It's a, it's a gift of God. It's to be cherished, and life in the womb is to be cherished, and we're, we're communicating that message to these young people so that they will value life and literally pass laws that will ban abortion. And so, you know, we look at what's happening with the court is uh, trending towards life, the Supreme Court. We may even see the end of Roe v. Wade in our lifetime, but unfortunately, we're not going to see the end of abortion. Why? Because we see uh, states like New York that are actually doubling and tripling down uh, abortion legal up to the ninth month, even to the time uh, when, uh, you know, infanticide. And in Virginia, with the governor there, but in Ohio, we have a governor who signed the, the heartbeat bill. We have a legis- piece of legislation that will ban uh, abortion uh, once uh, there's conception, there, you know, the total ban on abortion. And so when Roe v. Wade does come down, there will be pro-life states like Ohio and Kentucky and Mississippi. But unfortunately, there's going to be states like New York and California that will allow for abortion up to the ninth month. Your thoughts? Well, you're right. Uh, the Harpy bill passed uh, last year, and that was historic. We, we, you and I stood with uh, Janet Porter and Faith to Action for nine years to get that done. And it has set off a cascading uh, action across America. Now there are seven states that have passed it. There are a dozen that are considering it. I just got a note from Janet today that the Japan is thinking heartbeat. Uh, this is the, the instrument aimed at the heart of Roe v. Wade. Wow. Uh, the pro-abortion movement knows it. We know it. And uh, we were right there at the beginning, you and I, Chris, and we've seen it come to pass here in Ohio. We're, we're looking forward to what God's going to be doing with that measure across America and, for that matter, across the world. 
Amen. You know, as Dr. Wilkie, before he passed, I remember having that conversation with him on that Sunday afternoon, and I said, well, doctor, you've been traveling the, the world uh, internationally, talking about that all human life is sacred, including nascent human life, that life begins at conception. He said, absolutely. I'm not trading that position, but he said the heartbeat bill, the heartbeat uh, uh, narrative is captured captured the hearts and minds of the nation and we need to press forward with that that this is something that has people's attention that you hear that that uh pulse you hear the heartbeat when the uh the sonogram and so you know and it's right mark this has actually been a great mobilizer in the pro-life community and we've been able to uh marshal the pro-life cause with the heartbeat bill it's been a success no doubt about it, and uh, other states like Michigan and others are are uh, poised to pass this. So we're excited. We're uh, things are moving in Washington. Uh, it's a big year, 2020. Uh, but uh, you know, you got to remember that the other side is mobilizing as well. They know what is at stake. Roe versus Wade hangs in the balance, and this election is like none other in my lifetime. Uh, we need a pro-life president to to uh, change the makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court so they could reverse Roe versus Wade, and that's what we've been working for now for decades, and it's within reach. Tell us the website how folks can look up Created Equal and all that you'll be doing this year. Uh, they can simply go to createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. If you have a young person who wants to travel. Uh, to uh, the south during spring break. We have what we call the Justice Ride, where we take them on the road and train them, take them out to college campuses. It's a great opportunity for them to to test the waters when it comes to pro-life activism. And, you know, the other side is captivating the youth using this whole climate change narrative, which is a, which is false. But it just shows that young people are looking for a cause, Chris. They want something they can do that's beyond them their, themselves and we've got to provide that and what better way to do that than to defend preborn babies uh our movement's a sacrificial movement we're not out to gain anything or any rights for ourselves we're advocating for people we'll never meet and that makes it that much harder but that makes it that much more uh, valuable and and gives us even more purpose and, and really brings to mind the the Lord's words who said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. This is our preborn neighbor. We're never going to meet him, probably, uh, but we need to defend him. And in this country, we have an opportunity to vote for public officials who take a position for life. And we're in election year, and folks, you need to be paying attention as to where these people stand on the life issue. And uh, President Trump has been resolute that he's pro-life. He has appointed pro-life justices to the bench. He has uh, moved to defund Planned Parenthood. Uh, He has advanced the uh, pro-life cause. And so we need to think about uh, all the way down the line, state reps, state uh, House, uh, state Senate, and congressional members, where do they stand on the life issue? And if they don't stand for life, they don't deserve your support. And, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for joining the program today, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down there at March for Life on January 24th. That's the Friday. Is that right? That's right. The 24th in Washington. We'll see you there. We'll be on the March route. Uh, Look for us at Constitution and Pennsylvania Avenue. Thank you, my friend. God bless you, and thanks for joining the program today. Thank you. 
Well, stay with us on the other side. We're going to be talking to our good friend Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life. We're going to be talking about the March for Life and also bring America Back to Life conference right here in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. On Veterans Day, November 11, we salute all of our brave Ohio veterans and active duty military. Since 1776, our veterans have fought to keep America free and to liberate millions around the world from oppression, and they still do that today. But today, we see many Americans who refuse to honor our flag, who disrespect our founders, and they even want to remove Christian crosses from military cemeteries. To keep America free, We need to elect political leaders who share our patriotic values. To do that, veterans and their families and people of faith must be registered to vote. It's our duty to protect our God-given freedoms that our veterans bravely fought for. It's easy. Just go to MyOhioVote.com to register to vote. That's MyOhioVote.com. God bless you and God bless America. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt committee. Please visit our website at www.oneundergod.us. Well, the annual March for Life is coming up here next week on uh, January the 24th. That's a Friday. It will be in Washington, D.C. And uh, folks from around the country will be coming once again to stand for the cause of life. We're so excited about that, and this, of course, is election year, and it's so important as to people of faith and pro-life people to get out there to the polls and support candidates that support the cause for life. One of the local uh, uh, events that takes place is Bring America Back to Life, and with me on the phone is our good friend Molly Smith, director of Cleveland Right to Life, and she's going to talk to us about Bringing America Back to Life and the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Molly, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. It's always an honor to be on the program with you. Well, thank you, and thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, there's some exciting things coming up. The March for Life, of course, uh, this will be interesting this year because it's one year since the Covington Catholic High School student uh, situation that blew up there nationally. And uh, we just talked with Mark Harrington about that. Uh, of course, the lawsuit settlement with CNN, uh, with the Nick Salmon's family, it settled out of court, but uh, there's more to come on that. We did talk with the prosecutor's office down there in Covington, Kentucky, and they did pursue a couple of uh, cases to prosecute against those individuals who made serious threats against the stu- school and the students 
students. And um, what the prosecutor was telling me, he said he wished he could have pursued more. They were looking to areas in the law. They had to work with local law enforcement. One case was in California. The other one was in Tennessee. And there was some very egregious threats that were made against the school and the students and actually serious threats. Um that uh, law enforcement was pursuing. And so we were glad that the prosecutor, we're going to have him actually on in a couple weeks to talk about that. And why that's important is because we just can't let those things go. You can't be silent when there's that kind of persecution against pro-life Christian uh, high school like Covington Catholic, who did nothing but stand on the Lincoln Memorial steps after the March for Life, waiting for the bus so they can go back home, and yet they became the target of this anti-protest group, which was the Black Hebrew Nationals. We know what they're about now because we've seen them in the news for actually violent crimes and then um, associated with it. And then, of course, uh, you know, the the other counter-protesters. Uh, so, you know, this has been interesting how this has all played out. Do you think it's going to have an impact uh, in your contacts within the Catholic Church in uh, Catholic high schools? Uh, what's the feeling about sending kids back to Washington this year after what happened last year? You know, I don't see that there's been any um, less activity with regards to buses going to to Washington, D.C. I think I am so grateful to the student and his family, for for Nick and his family, for for, for, for actually pursuing this and and winning this, you know, basically getting a settlement and really winning the whole argument about the fact that you can't do that. So I, I don't think it has had any negative impact that I have seen, certainly, and, and I can only speak from my sphere here in the Cleveland area. I think the buses are still going. Um, it hasn't stopped any of that. So that's a good thing. And I, and I think, if anything, it's probably um, made people double down. We're, we're going to go. We're going to see what's... And we're not going to be silent. That's what the whole march is about. It's about we will not be silent. Amen. Um, we'll be heard. You know, regardless of the fact, uh, Chris, whether or not the media, you know, refuses to cover the, the you know, 500,000-plus uh, participants who come to, to D.C., plus the, probably more than that, probably close to a million people around the country having marches at this time of the year just to remember, you know, the 60-plus the, the um, thousand million, at least, uh, uh, children who have died as a result of this ter- absolutely dreadful decision that was made. So, no, we're not going to be silenced, and I don't think any of the schools here will be silenced either. Well, that's that's good news. That's what we were hoping is that it wouldn't detour young people because that is the future of the pro-life movement is all the young people that come to Washington every year meeting with legislators, uh, watch, marching down Pennsylvania Avenue with banners um, declaring that they are pro-life and actually having some educational uh, speakers that come and address the uh, attendees. So all that's so important. And the last thing we want, you know, was where the enemy was trying to distract or discourage uh, young people from coming. So it will be interesting, but from what we're uh, hearing on the ground, even talking to uh, Cincinnati this morning, Cincinnati Right to Life, and uh, they believe that it's going to be the same level of activity. So that's good that there hasn't been any uh, downside to the negative publicity last year of the Covington Catholic High School students, which, of course, they did nothing wrong. They were innocent 
in the whole thing. And yet um, the liberal media is now beginning to learn uh, that there are laws in this country and they were violated when you talk about a minor being targeted like that with Nick Sandman uh, specifically, but also the whole high school, Christian high school and its students. Your thoughts? I, I totally agree. I, th- I think this is something that, that, that we've got to keep. Um, we've got to keep vigilant. And um, when this happens, I, I am just, I was absolutely amazed to see the level of maturity in the students from Covington High School. You know, I just thought it was amazing to see these young people acting as the adults while the protesters were acting as sort of spoiled brats. I don't know what else to say because that's exactly what it looked like, you know, pushing at them in their face, yelling at them, and the, and you know the students stayed calm. It said it said a lot for the pro life movement. And honestly, I think um, you compare that, Chris, with what we saw with those women's marches and the young people that were involved in those marches, and how um, you know so much of the behavior was actually disgusting. It was just terrible. Yes, um, and you compare the two things, and you say, "Wow, which one do I want my children <laughs> associating?" Yes, with? and and you know, comes way out of on on the top is the pro life movement because firstly, number one, students are educated; they they know what they're there for. They are not ignorant of the fact as to why they are uh, you know protesting. Uh, so I think all of those things are certainly encouraging for all of us. I think we've got a long way to go. I don't, I don't want to say by any manner or means that, we'll, that we've won this battle, but I think we've got, we've certainly, um, we've certainly turned a corner when we saw those young people doing what they did. Yes. Here's a statement from Meg Whitman, um, and she's, uh, she's actually ill at home today, but she's getting better since she can be at the March for Life next week. And she offered this statement, the National March for Life is a time when Pro-life people across the country gather to protest the great crime of abortion. One of the hallmarks of the pro-life movement is that it has always been stalwart. It has never gone away. The National March attests to that. One can always see the growth in the numbers of youth who attend this march, and that is proof that our youth are as as pro-life as ever. They do not want abortion. Throughout the year, we all fight the pro-life battle in our own corners of the country. But the National March for Life brings us together once a year to prove the time and time again that we are strong, powerful force, that we will never go away until all life is protected at every age and every stage. And that's from Meg Whitman, the director of Cincinnati Right to Life. And uh, and I know that's your sentiments as well, Molly. And this March for Life, it's actually a statement to Washington, to all the political figures in town, that the pro-life movement is a large movement. And it's across the country. People come in from all across the country. And it's annual. You know, you'll see different political movements that are strong for a couple years and then they kind of fade away. And I think what uh, Meg is saying there, saying look at all these years later, the March for Life is still strong and uh, abundant and uh, in present. And again, it will be next Friday uh, in Washington. Like you said, the national media does not cover it, uh, but yet you'll have over a half a million people that will weather the cold to come to Washington to take a stand for life. Your thoughts? Absolutely. And I think, you know, as I mentioned before, Chris, I think that, you know, that the, the half a million people going to Washington, D.C., the, the largest group of people every year that go there, 
Um, and then I think um, when you count up the number of marches that are taking place around the nation, there's a huge march out in California that takes place every year that um, Walter High um, Hoy uh, Junior uh, the second Walter Hoy Junior the second um, puts on and it's huge. I mean, it's probably you know a couple of hundred thousand people that go to that. Then you count all the little marches that are going on around the country. Yes. Right here in Cleveland, next Saturday, we will have our March for Life. It will be um, at the Don Amelie Civil, uh, Civic Center in Rocky River. Anybody that's in this area, please, and, and you are pro-life, and you can't get to Washington, D.C., or even if you can and want to show local support, come to our, con- to our in, um, March for Life, which is going to be from the Civic Center, we'll march up to the Planned Parenthood where they, they do chemical abortions and refer for abortions. And then we'll walk back down. It's, it's probably about a half an hour's walk. That'll be total. And then we're going to have a great indoor program where the great do- uh, Dr. Ron Archer is going to be speaking. Um, and then we'll have kids, young people talking. We've got uh, youth coming to this. So it's, we, we have probably close to three to 400 people just come to our march here in Cleveland. So it's happening all over the country. And I think that's that's the encouraging thing. Yes, it is. Yeah, very encouraging. It is. And then, um, like you said, there's all these little marches that take place in California, of course. That's a long way to travel to Washington, D.C. So they've been having pro-life marches out there uh, for the pro-life community of greater uh, you know, uh, California. Yeah, I think one was in the Bay Area last year in San Francisco, which is huge. And so that's all encouraging to see the pro-life movement and of course now uh to see the appointment of federal judges that are pro-life and what uh president trump has been able to do with the federal judges that he's been able to appoint that is going to pay dividends for years to come and especially now since a lot of this pro-life legislation from the state legislatures are making its way through the courts uh, in pro-life states like Ohio, Mississippi, Kentucky, uh, and some of the pro-life states in, in Texas. Um, it's unfortunate what we see happening in New York uh, and in Virginia, where they've uh, doubled down on the abortion issue. i got to tell you, Molly, when I watch the debates in the um, legislature assembly in uh, New York last year, I thought I was looking at something from 40 years ago, the old rhetoric about abortion, and yet it was uh, it was uh, 2019, and I, I was just really beside myself and just saying, I can't believe I'm hearing what I'm hearing here without, you know, this is the way people used to think before all the technology to be able to look into the womb and get a bird's eye view of life in the womb. There's no cause for this, and yet it talks about the brazen hardness of their heart to kill the innocence. Your thoughts? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the other whole thing that, we, that we're also witnessing right now, Chris, is as we watch the Democrat debate with the, in, in the primaries, um, lead up to the primary, it's it, it's quite um, disturbing to see so many of the Democratic leaders in the Democrat Party um, out trying to out out sort of shock each of themselves when it comes to the general public. I mean, the the, the fact that they are so staunchly pro-abortion um, right up until the end, right up until the child is born and and, and it already exited the the, the birth canal, they, they don't seem to have any problem at all with the, I mean, I think that's where you, that's where you end. You start down the road of, of not, and 
understanding the beauty of life and the fact that life begins at conception and you start going down this road, you end up with what we have now. We have this whole idea that it's all about my, it's about me, 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 and my, you know, what do, what do I want? And the very person who should be the most caring of these young children in the womb, the, the mothers, um, are, are being taught and told, you don't have to worry about it. Just get rid of the child. And this is going right up until the baby is born. So I, you know, I see this, I see this whole thing as you, as you mentioned. It's, it's unraveling and it's become so extreme. I do not see how it can continue down this road. I, I, I see people shocked by, by what happened in New York and other, other places. I mean, I don't think it's just New York that's doing this. I think there's other, other states that are also, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and outdoing each other. So no, we've, we've got a problem. That's why it is so important. For, for people to get out there and protest and show and pray. That's what the whole thing about our March for Life on January, Thursday, January the 18th at, at noon at Rocky River, um, a civic center was where we will gather. But our whole thing is about praying. So we will go before the Planned Parenthood Abortion Facility in Rocky River and we will pray. We will ask God to stop the devastation. Hmm. We're talking with Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side to tell you about an upcoming conference that you could also participate, which is really one of the region's foremost pro-life conferences, Bring America Back to Life Conference 2020. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. On Veterans Day, November 11, we salute all of our brave Ohio veterans and active duty military. Since 1776, our veterans have fought to keep America free and to liberate millions around the world from oppression, and they still do that today. But today, we see many Americans who refuse to honor our flag, who disrespect our founders, and they even want to remove Christian crosses from military cemeteries. To keep America free, we need to elect political leaders who share our patriotic values. To do that, veterans and their families and people of faith must be registered to vote. It's our duty to protect our God-given freedoms that our veterans bravely fought for. It's easy. Just go to MyOhioVote.com to register to vote. That's MyOhioVote.com. God bless you and God bless America. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt committee. Please visit our website at www.oneundergod.us. 
And please make a note of it. The uh, March primary is coming up quickly. That will be March the 17th. So, again, it's not the first Tuesday in March, but it's rather uh, March 17th, which happens to be St. Patrick's Day. Uh, That's when the uh, March primary is in Super Tuesday this year in the uh, presidential election uh, year. And so uh, that's when your vote needs to be cast for uh, candidates that align with your political views are they pro-life do they support family values do they believe in religious liberty do they believe in the second amendment you need to look at what where these candidates stand on important issues the ohio christian alliance will be providing educational voter guides this year uh will provide a limited uh version for the primary but more importantly for the general election we will have a full voter guide that will cover the presidential race the congressional ohio house ohio senate and any ballot issues that may be on uh, the statewide ballot is yet to be determined yet if that's going to happen but in in the event that it does we will uh, have that available as well so again that will be at our website at ohioca.org and uh, of course we encourage you to register to vote as well with me on the phone is molly smith she is the director of cleveland right to life we've been talking this hour about the march for life in washington dc that's next friday that's uh, january 24th the annual march for life also right here in in Cleveland will be a March for Life on Saturday the 25th. And uh, again, Molly, where will the, be, the group be meeting at what time? Yeah, it's actually um, January the 18th, which is this coming oh, Saturday. Oh, this coming Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, no, that's fine. So that, and it'll be at, the, uh, at noon. We will meet at the uh, Civic Center in Rocky River, which is right on Elliott Road. So just go there and then we'll walk up. It's like a quarter of a mile up and a quarter of a mile back. And then there'll be an indoor program um, which we, where we will have um, a bunch of different people talking and people who will, there'll be young people there. There'll be uh, Ron, uh, Dr. Ron Archer, who is an international, has an international ministry. He was, um, he was the child of a, of a 17-year-old and he was nearly aborted. So his story is unbelievable how he really feels that Christ interfered in his life and, and saved him. So it's an amazing story. And so he's he just un- unbelievable and and story is just gives you chills so i hope everybody will be there so, as i said noon at rocky river on january the 18th very good well let's talk about the big conference that you hold every year bring america back to life conference and this is actually a wonderful conference uh where there is uh folks that come in you have several thousand people that uh traffic uh the three days of the events there at bring america back to life right here in independence uh tell us about the dates and uh who are some of your special guests this year Sure, sure. I'd love to do that, Chris, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, the, the event actually probably unofficially starts on the 5th of March, where we have groups coming in from all over the country to hold their annual meetings here. There's a personal alliance group that comes in. We have 25 states uh, sending delegates for that, and then they stay for the convention <clears throat> for, for, for the 6th and 7th. So our actual talks and our uh, convention start the morning of March 6th, which is Friday morning, and we go full full tilt the whole day until in the evening at 9.30 when we, we break. And then, of course, the next morning on Saturday the 7th, we start again. March 7th, we start again, and, and we'll go through the whole day. Um, it is the largest convention of its kind in the country. We have well over 1,500 people attend. We've got people coming in, as I mentioned. There's about 27 states that, that send in people. We have people coming in from Canada. 
Canada. We have people coming in from Europe. So it's become a really place to be. And I think the most common, and you've been several times, uh, Chris, I think the most common uh, uh, response that we get about the convention is it's like a retreat. It's a two-day retreat. That just people are, they leave invigorated, encouraged, educated, activated. And that's what we had always hoped for when we started this 11 years ago. So it's, it's an amazing lineup of speakers again this year. So I, if, if I have time, Chris, I'd love to just give highlight some of the speakers that are coming in. Oh, please do. I do see that uh, you have Dr. Alan Keyes that will be coming, and we love Dr. We Alan Keyes. Do. We do, and, and I have a dear friend who's the president of Toledo Rights Life. He said, when you listen to our Dr. Alan Keyes, he says it's like drinking from an intellectual fire hose. <laughs> and I think that's the best description I've ever had of Dr. Alan Keyes' presentation. He is um, just, he is an experience. When you watch him and listen to him, and, and his, his intellect is just outstanding. I, he's so gifted, absolutely amazingly gifted. And he will be talking um, on, on uh, Saturday, Friday evening, actually, at the, at the gala dinner on Friday evening, he will be presenting. Um, then we've also got um, we've got a couple of different wonderful speakers. We have back by popular demand um, our, uh, our dear comedian who's a strong pro-life, a professional comedian, Gordon Douglas. He is going to open the convention in the morning with, with uh, his presentation about pregnancy centers and how his work with the pregnancy centers has just changed his life and the lives of many. I think he has, at the last count, he has... Uh, house about 15 or 18 children uh, through foster care or otherwise adoption and some of their own as well. So he's, his, Gordon Douglas is delightful and it's a nice sort of mix, uh, Chris, because the subjects we, we cover are, are they're serious, they're very serious and we need to do something about them. But Gordon has the most amazing gift to be able to keep that serious note but at the same time provide us with a little bit of relief. So we have Gordon going to be the MC for the, for, the, for the event. And, of course, we've also got um, Walter Hoy that I had mentioned before, Walter B. Hoy II, who is um, an ordained Baptist preacher. He is uh, works with Issues for Life Foundation. He's the founder and president uh, and California Civil Rights Foundation. He is um, the most, uh, probably the, one of the most well-known black activists on the pro-life front. Hmm. And he'll be here talking together with our own dear uh, Pastor Walter Moss, who, will be, who the two of them will be tagging, teaming each other. So that'll be great. We also have Mark Ragnaris. And if anybody's not a, a, a familiar with Mark Ragnaris, look up his name. Or go to our website, bringingamericabacktolife.org. Mark is a professor of, of sociology. He's a, a doctor of sociology. He's also um, he's from the University of Texas. And um, has suffered quite a lot for the, for his for, for his stand on family, on the fact that family belong family. There is the, the most the most um, first of all the most safe place for children to grow up is with their own family, with their mother and biological mother and father. And then he takes all of that and he shows how all of this comes together. Hmm. So you know he, he's phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. Rabia Scott, who is the Christian coach. She's, a, she's the, uh, the, the, the lead actress that played in um, Unplanned, the movie. She, she was the other lead actress. We had the, the, the actress that played um, for 
uh, Eddie Johnson and, and Rabia Scott was the, was the Planned Parenthood director. So oh, well, this is great, Molly, and we've run out of time, but I want to thank you for coming on today. This is, again, um, March. For, uh, this is Bring America Back to Life, March 6th and 7th, and uh, you just look up bringamericabacktolife.org to register for the conference. Molly, thanks for coming on today. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, too. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, and thank you for listening. God bless till next time. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.